Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Milwaukee Mennonite Church. Um, I am Rachel, Rachel Stolpe. There's three of us. Not three Stolpes, there's a lot more Stolpes. Like they're, <laughs> they're coming out of the woodwork, but there's three Rachels. Um, and I will be the worship leader today. Later, the other Rachel is going to share the reflection with us. Big thank you to Matthew and to Eric and to David for doing our music for us. So today has been designated Peace Sunday by Mennonite World Conference. And if you're not familiar, Mennonite World Conference is like, you know, like we have like MCUSA and there's MC Canada, and then there's Mennonite World Conference, which is like encompasses all the Mennonite and Anabaptist groups all over the world. And so today they decided that today is Peace Sunday. Their theme is being a new creation in the midst of external turmoil. They chose this theme to explore how we can maintain resilience in times of hardship, turmoil, and conflict, or, or how we maintain our hope for something better when times are tough. So we've just started our fall schedule, and our theme is water, and the materials for Peace Sunday fit right in. The last two weeks, we've been talking about sea glass and how it starts as rubbish, and it gets thrown into the water, and it gets tossed around, and then it comes out as something new and beautiful. We talked about letting go of past burdens and moving forward. We've talked about how God loves us, how, just how we are, and we'll be there when things are smooth sailing and when things are in turmoil. Turmoil does not have to be the devastating floods in Pakistan or the war-ravaged areas of Ukraine. I need to remind myself that, um, that God doesn't triage turmoil, and, and, he, and he doesn't put mine at the bottom of the list. God is way bigger than that. God is just as concerned about our turmoil, our day-to-day -day challenges, and is there, and he's, and God's there to bring peace to our hearts and minds too. Throughout the service, I hope we will, we will see God's peace for us. I also hope that you got a chance to meet our guests today. We have Ed and Gay are over here, and Celeste, and they will be leading the sacred listening time immediately after worship. I've included the questions that they're going to be asking on the back of your bulletin for reference. So right after the worship, don't leave. And we're going to move the chairs over here and have the sacred, um, sacred listening time. I've heard that there's a football game of sorts that people might want to get home for. So, the, and to help you move, the musicians are going to play a jaunty little song to get you on your feet. So, last week we did the blessing of the backpacks, and we have these um, stones. They've got sea glass in them. So if anybody missed out on getting one of these, or if you want another one, we have them. We have the stones, or or we have um, keychains that 
you could put on your backpack or your purse. It doesn't have to be your backpack. It doesn't have, you don't have to be in school. So I think that is it. We are going to start um, with the call to worship. And it is um, taken from the Mennonite World Conference from their um, their shared convictions of um, the shared convictions of Mennonite World Conference. It's on 925 in the back of the purple book, Voices Together. So we're not going to read all of these. I'm going to read the. I'll read the introduction, and then we can all read number five and seven together. By the grace of God, we seek to live and proclaim the good news of reconciliation in Jesus Christ. As part of the one body of Christ at all times and places, we hold the following to be central to our belief and practice. Spirit of Jesus empowers us to trust God in all areas of life, so we become peacemakers who renounce violence, love our enemies, seek justice, and share our possessions with those in need. And then seven, as a worldwide community of faith and life, we transcend boundaries of nationality, race, class, gender, and language. We seek to live in the world without conforming to the powers of evil, witnessing to God's grace by serving others, caring for creation, and inviting all people to know Savior and Lord. In these convictions, we draw inspiration from the Anabaptist, from Anabaptist forebearers of the 16th century who modeled radical discipleship to Jesus Christ. We seek to walk in his name by the power of the Holy Spirit as we confidently await Christ's return and the final fulfillment of God's kingdom. Our first song is 797. It is We Are People of God's Peace. And Matthew will lead us in that. And you can all stand if you'd like. about that but I just want you to take a look at where this text is based off of um, some writings from Menno Simons and interestingly how it says reply to false accusations which I think is powerful this is a rather bold declaration that we are singing here in these four verses um, I'm struck by verse 2 which offers some humility in the midst of this very strong declaration, for we do not do this perfectly, but thanks to the grace of God and to the work of the Spirit, we keep living into this which God has called us to. So as Rachel said, this is written many, many years ago. Here we are, 2022. We declare this together as church. We sing this together.
Praise God. Let's sing. We are people of God's peace as a new creation. Love unites and strengthens us at this celebration. Sons and daughters of the Lord serving one another. A new covenant of peace binds us all together. We are heralds of God's peace for the new creation. And by grace the world of peace reaches every nation. still renew us by the Holy Spirit's power God is working through us we are children of God's peace in this new creation spreading joy and happiness through God's great salvation servants of God's peace, of the new creation. Choosing peace, we faithfully serve with heart's devotion. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, confidence will give us Christ the Lord is our defense, Christ will never leave us. Thank you, Matthew, for reminding us. I just, I originally picked that because of, because Menno Simons wrote it, and thanks for reminding us. I, I just think it's amazing that we have those songs from him. Our confession time is 8.94 in the in Voices Together. O Prince of Peace, from peace that is no peace, from the, gip, the grip of all that is evil, from a violent righteousness, From, paralyzed, from paralysis of will, from lies and misnaming, from terror of truth, from hardness of heart, from trading in slaughter, from the worship of death,
by the folly of your gospel, by the choosing, by your choosing our flesh, by your nakedness and pain, by your weeping over the city, by your refusal of the sword, by your facing of horror, by your bursting from the tomb, by your coming in judgment, by your longing for peace. Grant us peace. Amen. So for passing the peace, we're going to try something a little different. Um, if you turn to 23, um, come walk with us. I think we all know this pretty well. So if we all could stand and we're all going to sing, and while we're singing at some point, we can just kind of look at each other and wave and keep singing and, you know, do a high five in the air, whatever you want to do. Wave at the people on the screen. Come walk with us, the journey is long. Come walk with us, the journey is long. Come time and there's no children here but as Sarah McDonald says I'm pointing to where her face just recently was on the screen Sarah McDonald says it's not really a children's time it's just sort of like a introduction to the sermon so and I wrote it and I don't want it to go to waste <laughs> 
I could make Nolan Reese come sit on the floor with me, I guess, but, but we don't have to. What? Yeah, Walden can come out and sit with us on the floor. I could make my little brother come sit on the floor with me. <laughs> so, so today, so today we're talking about peace. And one way to talk about peace is how we get through hard times and the power of resilience. Now that is one of those big adult words that gets thrown around a lot. Do any of you know what it means? You can answer me back. Pretend you're one of the kids. Resilience, anyone? Yep, exactly. It's the ability to bounce back from hard times, the ability to change and move on, sometimes to even flourish. It's another big fancy word, which means to grow in a healthy way. So I have this magnolia tree in my backyard. Years ago, it used to live at my parents' house. And one day, we dug it up and brought it over to our new house when we bought our duplex. And then we got busy and we left the thing sitting in the driveway for a few days. Then we didn't know what, we had just bought the house, we didn't know. We just stuck it in the corner and planted it. Turned out to be a bad spot. And it was doused with all sorts of chemicals and because we were trying to get rid of some other weeds. So we dug it up and we moved it. And then we wanted to build a deck and the tree was in the way. So we dug it up again and we moved it again. And this tree has gone through so much adversity and so much hard times, but somehow it has had the resilience to bounce back every time and to get bigger and better every year. Now it is a beautiful tree, gorgeous, huge, tall, and it is flourishing in our backyard, like so much that I have to trim it back so that it doesn't overtake the yard and that I could take cuttings off of it and it didn't, it, you don't even notice. So whenever I look at our, whenever I look at the magnolia tree um, in my backyard, I think about what it went through and how it is still going strong. And then I remember that God is with me, helping me go through my hard times and helping me to be resilient. So I brought leaves and if you want to take a leaf with you to remember that you too are resilient, that you too can overcome change and hard times, and that God is always with you. So, we've, so there's leaves here, there's these leaves at any point if you want to grab one. And then, thanks Rachel. And then the next thing in our list is, so thank you for humoring me and being all children at heart. We're going to have scripture, and Mark's going to come up and read. Our scripture for us. This first scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. From there, Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and didn't want anyone to know he was there. Yet he couldn't escape notice. 
But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, who had an unclean spirit, immediately heard about him. And she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. And when she went home, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Thanks, Rachel. I sort of feel like maybe I don't need to give a sermon now, but I wrote it, and I don't want it to go to waste either, so I'm going to give it anyway. This year, as Rachel said, for Peace Sunday, Mennonite World Conference chose this theme, being a new creation in the midst of external turmoil. The creators of these materials asked us to reflect on how we maintain resilience in hardship, turmoil, and conflict. How do we maintain hope? The stories and resources that they shared for those of us involved in worship today gave voice to different areas of turmoil and conflict. For example, a missionary family in Bolivia under oppressive rule in the 1980s, struggling with prevailing American imperialism and righteousness, a Palestinian Christian woman working to practice her faith in an active war zone, an Indonesian minister studying at Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminaries and dealing with his own thoughts of resilience and trauma, and a Philippine woman working to reduce food waste in the middle of the pandemic. All of which seem so big and important, which makes it challenging to think about my own hardships in comparison. It's difficult to talk about my own hardship in the midst of other people's hardships that just feel so much harder. The other day, I sat in an exam room with a stoic 50-something Latino man. He had been strong and hardy, the breadwinner for his family and a job that required heavy labor. He cared for his disabled daughter and rejoiced in his first grandson. And then the pandemic happened. And because he was an essential worker, he kept working. And he got COVID. He was one of my first patients to be hospitalized in the spring of 2020 when nurses were still using garbage bags as gowns and we sent our N95 masks in to be sterilized for reuse after two weeks of continuous wear. COVID destroyed his lungs and after a month in the hospital and then rehab, he was a shell of who he had been. The past two years have been difficult for him as he's worked to regain some of his lung function. And yet he looked at me that day with tears in his eyes and said, but I feel like I can't complain. Others have it so much worse. And yet, oh my goodness, his loss was profound. And he really needed space to be able to grieve. My pain is not his pain, is not her pain, is not their pain. Comparisons don't really help. We are all have pain. We are all flawed. We are all struggling. On my most challenging days, I try to remember the phrase, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. And it's true. 
When I ask an open-ended question and just listen, I, find, I may find out that a patient had to give up her job to care for her disabled mother, that my colleague's adoption fell through at the last minute, that my 20-year-old DACA friend with dreams of medical school put them on hold to help his family buy a home, that my family member is paralyzed by anxiety, that my friend is worried about her son's diagnosis. Everyone is fighting a hard, hard battle, every single one of us. How many people have you shared your battle with? I suspect that many of us don't share much about these internal struggles. I bet that some of us at least don't want to be complainers or feel like we can't complain when so many others are struggling with so much more. We're all broken, but we do a great job of hiding it from everyone but a select few. In the materials given by Mennonite World Conference for this week, one of the contributors, Andy Santoso, said, quote, during my psychosocial and trauma healing class at Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary, I learned about the art of kintsugi. Kintsugi is a wonderful skill of restoring shattered objects by lacquering the cracks and meticulously dusting them with gold powder. The golden flaws, according to Japanese tradition, make the pieces even more precious. It's lovely to think of this technique as a metaphor for our life, to imagine our damaged, challenging, broken, or painful aspects radiating light, gold, and beauty." End quote. This metaphor hit me in a new way this week, thinking about all of us walking around with broken hearts, each of us struggling with our own hard things. And I wondered, what if those broken hearts had been mended with gold? What if the places that we felt like we were barely stuck together were actually bonded with shining metal that made our brokenness more beautiful than our non-broken parts? Our job, as God's new creation made visible, is to be okay with hard stories. It's our job to be kind and remember that others have hard battles to fight. And it's our job to give ourselves that same kindness and respect. I listened to a podcast this week that was about reparenting ourselves, thinking through how our parents shaped us for good or for bad, and using that new knowledge to both help us grow in ourselves and for those of us who are parents in how we may parent our own children. One of the key components that this expert suggested was to remember that our children are inherently good people who sometimes do bad things. And so when your child is refusing to stop jumping on the couch or lies to you, you as the parent should think, my child who is good inside is doing this unacceptable thing. It separates who they are from their behavior and invites us into curiosity about the behavior and what it represents. What hard battle are they fighting? How can we help them grow and learn? But this can and also should be used for ourselves as well. She invited the adults listening to think about something that we feel shame about, something that keeps us up at night, and then reframe it, giving ourselves the same grace and say, I am an inherently good person who yelled at my kids today. Again, that takes us from, I can't believe I did that, I'm a terrible mom, and instead invites us into, huh, why did I do that? And what was behind that blow up? This reframing, this recognition of every person's inherent worth and value, including ourselves, is exactly what Jesus tries to teach us over and over again. Jesus' ability to see through society's boxes, to see the inherent goodness in a tax collector, 
a sex worker, a Gentile with a demon-possessed daughter, an emperor, a crucified robber, a fisherman, teaches us again and again, this is a good person. This is a good person who has done some bad things. You are a good person who maybe has done some bad things. Come to the table. This space is prepared for you. This Peace Sunday, we're thinking through how to be God's new creation in the midst of challenges. I think one of the most radical ways that we can keep being hopeful during the turmoil and challenges of our lives is to remember this topsy-turvy Jesus way of looking at our fellow humans. Each person has value. Each person is inherently good. People's actions do not define who they are or how much they are valued. If Christians were known as the people who loved deeply each member of God's family, if we were known as those who saw the inherent goodness in all people, how would that change the world? If we treated ourselves with the same kindness, how would that change our own lives? Our struggles are important. Our feelings are important. How we behave towards others is important. We are inherently good. And we are beloved by the creator of the universe. Thanks be to God. We begin our response time by singing for 12, My Soul Cries Out.
the day you let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears for Lord draws near and the world is about to turn. Though the nations rage from age to from the worship materials that they gave us for the for Peace Sunday from Mennonite World Conference. Please pray with me. You who are weary, sleepless, tired, depressed, discouraged, do not be afraid. You who are fed up, hopeless, visionless, fearful, tearful, do not be afraid. God is present in your suffering. God will calm the winds and waves of your soul. Amen. Our last song is 810. It is Go, My Friends in Grace. If you want to stand, we will sing that together. And then keep standing for the benediction. You guys all listened, you remembered what I said, to stay standing, and you didn't listen to Matthew. Um, hear these words of benediction, and keep standing, just stay where you are. May the Christ who walks on wounded feet walk with you on the road. May the Christ who serves with wounded hands stretch out your hands to serve. May the Christ who loves with a wounded heart 
open your hearts to love. May you see the face of Christ in everyone you meet, and may everyone you meet see the face of Christ in you. Go in peace later. Till the kingdom has come.